podcast. This is a podcast about polarizing movies. Um, I am Brandon, and this is... I am James Lindsay. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, you didn't uh, have to include your last name. No, it's there. It's there. <laughs> but, uh, this is official. Wait, you, you should put that. <laughs> How official can it be? You should uh, block that out. Switch it around. I'm Lindsay James. I don't. I don't care. Lindsay Whatever James. And when we're doing this pod, you're Lindsay James. That's uh, this is a podcast about polarizing movies. Polarized. polarized. You've been polarized, polarizing in the sense of Rotten Tomato scores or critic scores and audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. That's um, right. We talk about movies that typically are going to be polarizing and they're going to be polarizing usually in the sense that like if they're not like you're talking about things that are broad or things that are shooting for something large and they either hit it with people just the average joe or they hit it with critics where it's like, oh man, you just captured this, the ethos of so many. Uh, or it's going to be the reverse where, you know, critics fucking hate it and people love it. You know, it's that's the divide though is audience and critics. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's the divide that Rotten Tomatoes makes. And that's, and that's what we're, we're running off of is that, that division between audience and critics. Because they, they, they present that score to us, and that's supposed to mean something. It's supposed to mean something, and uh, typically it doesn't. But it's a good guiding light, right? We're basing motive, and we're leaning into the numbers a little bit and saying there are a lot of people that are part of the audience sample, and there are a, fair, a large amount of critics that are on the audience sample, or the critic sample. You know, It's an aggregate, click- if anything, of critics, and then audience, audience members go directly to the site. Is that, that's correct, right? I mean, they just, they just, it just ha- collects all the, the reviews of people that just go to Rotten Tomatoes and review, right? And then all the critics reviews are just from whatever publication or uh, p- more professional website is mm-hmm. is how it's done. But yeah, there's usually a marker of how many audience members have reviewed it. And that seems to be very large. So much yeah. so that even it's, it's happened before movies have even come out in some instances. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that happens. I guess pirating. I, mean, I don't have, critics, I don't... they get, they get the, well, they get whatever yeah. screener and everything, but, they they uh, yeah they're People the have their reasons i started listening to unspool today i didn't get very far they were talking about the oscar movies mm. they were uh, i uh amy nicholson made a point about how this oscar season didn't have a war movie or something that was pandering was the following comment she made and i i completely disagree with that because I think trial of the show. I disagree with a lot of what Amy Nichols has to say is what I found out with that podcast. (laughs) Barbecued. Yeah. You've been barbecued. You, you've been polarized. Welcome. No burn on Amy Nicholson. I think she has just, I mean, she has polarizing opinions of speaking. I mean, if, if we're going to live in that world, I think, I think she just, and and naturally I remember it is entitled to their own opinion, but 
man, that, and I don't want to be that guy. I'm going off on my own tirade, tirade about Amy Nicholson, but, and I know every fucking guy, whatever, that's so into Goodfellas, whatever, like probably has this tirade and, and, uh, and she knows it, but the old, she just made such a thing about Joe Pesci being too old for, if you ever listen to the Goodfellas episode, she just, just like does not accept the movie because Joe Pesci is too old to be playing that character and it, she just cannot get past. <laughs> and the episode is so devoted to that discussion that it was just, it was kind of driving me crazy. Where I was like, <laughs> I would like to know more about this movie. Not, not that it's like, oh, we're going to tell you all about it or anything. It's, I mean, that's, it's with people just talking about their opinions about their movies. And if anything, it, it prescribes to what we're trying to do here as well. But man, it was just like such a derailment of, of that movie. I don't know if you've, you've listened to that. And that's my own derailment for this podcast. So people, people <laughs> can be upset about, about uh, that with me as well. <laughs> it, yeah, get, up, get upset with James about it. <laughs> I, I don't even fucking love Goodfellas that much or anything. It was just like... You, that, yeah, that you sort, seem really hung. That sort I mean, of thing where s- it's just like... It was just such a such a interesting thing to, to not accept a movie for. And I'm trying to let... I guess relate with something with me, like with a movie that I'm very specifically upset about something in, in particular where I can't even just accept the the rest of the movie. And it would probably be like an actor. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's just a thing. I mean, who doesn't love Joe Pesci though? It's like, and that's such a yeah. classic performance. Ah, see here, I sound like the, the old crotchety, like, Hey, you gotta love good fellas. Everyone loves good fellas. Hey, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, that's not, yeah. not necessarily, not necessarily what I'm, I'm going for either. That's all. That's all. Man, I just wanted to like on school so much, and we shouldn't even be railing on other podcasts on a podcast. It's it's. Uh, I mean, we're totally entitled to do that, <laughs> and I I I like hearing the criticism because I mean, podcasts just like a lot of art is one of those things where I could get so wrapped up and like, oh, I feel like a lot of people feel the same way that I do about this, and then so to hear a contrarian opinion, I would have to seek it out more, and I would have to be more involved in message boards on podcasts, but like. I can't like I've listened to so many fucking hours of podcast the ride and I've like been on their Twitter I don't know probably like six times <laughs> you know and it's to hear like maybe a contrarian opinion about you know an episode or a take that they had about um or something they didn't include and yeah I don't know it's it's interesting because I've just I've listened to that podcast before and just thought, oh, this is just this is a fun, like female perspective to movies that I don't know, like. She's excited about movies, her mm. energy about being a critic, being mm-hmm. I'm really about that. And it drives so much of my love and uh, for blank check. Right. Yeah. Is that um, just a absolute love of films all of that and that energy i don't know i yeah i'm trying to think if i have ever before you know thought of her opinion as being um contrarian or just like she couldn't i couldn't side with her on something aside from today it's like yeah again everyone's entitled to their own opinion it's hard to really judge or decide if another person is being contrarian contrarian just for that fact if it's a like if it's presented in a way or if it's contextualized in a way that's like, or it's a running trend that it 
it continues to to happen that mm-hmm. but e- even then it's it's like you don't want to just i don't want to rob someone of their opinion and, and their reasons for it and that's yeah i wouldn't want to do that it, it may be annoying to me and i can just turn it off and not listen um and not be a bit, not bitch about it and everything with <laughs> But that was just like something I was just like, I was almost, I was honestly upset with myself that I was upset. I was like embarrassed that I was like upset about it. And I was like questioning myself, like, why is this making me upset or like, or just not even, eh, not even just like annoy. I think just like a mild annoyance of just kind of like this, this podcast isn't really worth listening to anymore. And at the same time, I, I find them interesting and i like all the movies that they talk about and everything but i put it down and i was just kind of questioning myself but i was like why why was that like not charged but just kind of just like just didn't was just like kind of like i'm just over over it kind of and and wasn't really um feeling like listening to the way that they they broke things down but at the same time, now I'm oh, realiz- really realizing how difficult it is to do. And uh, for someone whose job it is to be a film critic and, and everything, I, right. it, she did challenge me to look at movies in a different way. And that's what a film critic should do. And I never thought yes. about a lot of the things that she uh, would present. And it was challenging. And maybe that was part of my frustration and to be vulnerable and everything about it. Right. Uh, but yeah, I, I was trying to reconcile like why that bothered me enough to just like put it down. But uh, yeah, again, I don't need a reason because I'm entitled my, to my own opinion as well. But uh, yeah, I love yeah we 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 love movie podcasts. That's we kind of why movies. we're here. We love I mean, we love well, movies. Right. We love dis- discussions of it. And um, yeah, it's uh, it should. If you disagree on something, it, it makes it more interesting. If we just agree on everything the whole time, it's going to be boring. So if anything, it's 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 more interesting when people have those different opinions. Uh, you know, I hope you know we never come across as being contrarian just to be contrarian, but that is something that, uh, yeah, can can grind someone's gears. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. I feel like there's plenty of critics out there that do it. And we're on the more audience side. I mean, come on, we're, we represent the audience side in general, right? No, dude, I represent the critic side. I'm gonna take that stance. I but like we're not professional. Cri- like, we're not professional no. critics. Is what is my point? It's like if we were to vote in that score, we would be representing the audience. You know. I mean, I could be a critic. <laughs> <laughs> I could be a critic. I mean, yeah, I would say it's that official, I baby. We're flipping over. Yeah, my writing style is developed into business. And so my writing style, when putting my opinion onto paper about a a film, you know, in a review, I that is where I'm completely inept. And I'll admit that like I yes, I can't just go become a movie critic, but I can I can be a movie critic in a setting like this where it's not requiring me to. And I'm not to say that I'm a good one, but I can be. Yeah. Um, be a movie critic. And, That's what and, yeah, and, I mean, what, what else are we doing here but aiming for for the stars? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I think in this process, we're learning how to talk about different types of movies. Yeah. And I think that's what should be, 
you know, the exciting part about this journey that we're going on about picking polarizing things is that it forces you to watch movies like Cosmopolis, which are really tough. Like I was saying at the top of this, where Nick was over, I was like, let's watch Cosmopolis. And 15-ish minutes into it, I was like, I can't fucking do this. I need to watch something that's good. And this is not good. Oh, and just, I just flat, flat, good or bad? Like good as in like a good, just a good movie? You thought it was just bad? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right off the bat, it was yeah. a bad, a bad movie. There were uh, just bad all movie. of these. Bad movie. Bad movie. Yep. Bad movie. Uh, yeah. So 15 minutes into the movie, I'm. it's, it's the dialogue for me. Yep. That is the problem. Yeah. The big, the biggest problem with this movie is no one talks to them like a, another person, like a real human being. Yeah. Everybody talks about something very esoteric oh, that yeah. is like very uh, armchair philosopher, you know, type of vibe. Everybody's entering into the situation saying like, oh, here's here is my opinion about the state of everything. And let me just go on this diatribe about how uh, the metaphysical and how the world is like the motives of society are wrong. Like, and we're, you know, succumbing to ills of bad ways of thinking about mm -hmm. doing stuff. And it is not really that successful in even doing that mm -hmm. because it's not really making a good argument for the pros of this movie mm -mm. because every character is so of a, this is an idea that, or this is how a, have interpreted reality and this is my comment on it is embodied in a person and in each individual character mm -hmm. and the things that those characters have to say are for the most part uninteresting they're not like one thing that stuck out to me um that was just really uninteresting was the relationship more so than the relationship of Robert Pattinson and his um, like wife in that movie. Eric Parker, I think, is the character's name that Robert Pattinson. In this movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I already forgot it, his, his name. Um, his wife in the movie. That's right. He, yeah, because Giamatti screams it from that balcony. That's right. They talk, about his just, they talk about his father. I forget what his father's name. Man, they talk mm -hmm. about a lot. Well, yeah, because that's the comment, right, of the, he, there is dominance overcoming the shadow of your father, like all of these psychological things that people would stereotypically go through in what the character like who these characters are and what they're doing and what their purpose is like it is the father comes up so much because yeah it's this you know his age as well comes up his mortality comes up and constantly him 
him overcoming the shadow of his father, the haircut scene, right, of talking about it, you know, the conversation just about his father in general there of like, oh, how he would do it if he was in this situ in this very chair and how you're acting and just clearly saying what would be in a better movie would not be said out loud. It would be. Yeah. Conveyed. Um, yeah. I think that that kind of gets at a big part of what I think about this movie is that I, it it makes absolute sense that it was originally a book and mm-hmm. um, it makes just a lot of sense with your qualms, with the dialogue and and mine uh, are, I think, a lot to do with a really just lift from the page adaptation of the novel and a lot of text from, uh, you know, a, a novel that I'm not familiar with or had I even known it wasn't a novel, I would say it sounds like these people are reading text straight lifted from a book. And the thing right. that is missing and that I think Cronenberg is trying is giving the audience a little too much. I know I'm a dumb dumb, and but like is giving the audience a lot of like credit to be able to read the subtext that is presented on the screen that I'm sure is accurately lifted from the source material, and it, I'm sure it's presented on the screen in a way that is accurate and uh and true to what the nature of of the book was but it really for me makes me realize how difficult an adaptation is and how i think maybe as good of a director a great of a director is as cronenberg is and there are those shining moments of it of how swept up you can get in the ideas of a book so much so that when you are making that adaptation, yeah, I think you you give a lot of credit to who's watching it, almost in the sense mm-hmm. that you can't forget what you've already read in the book, and to per, to give that to, uh, yeah. story to an audience, it's hard to for, forget that. When I'm sure you're reading the book every every day or whatever, looking at the source material, trying to present it, you almost forget that initial thrust that I don't know that that got you to get the beats of the story in a way that were uh, more palatable. Um, but man, a lot of the text that was on the screen was a lot of one-liners that were super philosophical. just one on, just one-on-one dialogue the the entire time, a series of vignettes essentially of him going through a day, uh, and having one-off conversations with a series of characters throughout the day. And the fascinating thing to me is that you really are, uh, brought face to face with people's acting chops, I think, or at least maybe some of their maybe more theatrical training because yes. there, there were mm-hmm. char- characters and, and actors in this, in this movie that I thought were able to embrace that text that was given to them uh, from the book and by Cronenberg and add a spin and flavor to it. And they made decisions and choices that, uh, were apart from the adaptation, which I don't think Cronenberg maybe did enough of, was make it his own. I think, which I think a good a- any good adaptation is not just a straight lift from from the source material. You got to add your a little bit more. And he had his he had his weird fucking flavor to it. Obviously, you know, there, it was there. I'm sure this shit that I 
I could only imagine was being described in a book, but I, I can see him coming up with some of the weird shit. Uh, but I just thought that Pattinson did an excellent job uh, delivering what he had to, to deliver in a way that I could understand emotionally, which is a big deal for me in, in understanding a lot of these big concepts that they're trying to drive home is the character's relation to these ideas that they're trying to express. And I had a hard time with his wife and the one uh, actor who's, she's in Minority Report and she was kind of going on, on, everyone had a monologue. Um, yeah. They were just You're a little more the, like monotone monologue. Yeah, she had the, sh did she have a shaved head? She must, it must've been close after Minority Report or something. Um, what, what they got, they were drinking the vodka and they were talking. Mm -hmm. about uh like how technology and life and money is all combined and i don't know like oh so much like deep conversation but it was so hard to get caught up in it if when it was being delivered in a way that really felt like someone was reading a book to me like an audio book and uh when it is in the same same setting a lot of time that that doesn't help but pattinson and giamatti man i mean we'll get to that at the end but that that scene was was the movie I, I thought to me and I thought they their interaction and their back and forth um was as good as you could make some of the material that was that was on paper to to deliver and they I thought took it and made bigger decisions with the character and made it more interesting to watch with with more different beats attached to different uh to the timing of, of their character. And uh, yeah, there's just, I'm sure purposeful, but the wife was very monotone um, and dreamy and, and, and surreal. Like the, te the, the delivery was almost like a David Lynch movie. I thought with some of the characters where it was so flat and like, yeah, just mm -hmm. they, they filled maybe the look that he looked at a headshot and which was like, Oh, you're perfect for the look of the movie. doesn't matter how you speak. I know that's how David Lynch casts his movies. Um, but it just seemed like, uh, that dreamy surreal delivery of the dialogue didn't quite match the more brutal realistic nature of a Cronenberg movie that yep. was in some of those like, really conf confrontational <laughs> like intense scenes you know like mm -hmm. uh yeah just uh like in intense sort of sort of off the wall sort of things and i i think maybe the monotone nature is that juxtaposition um between the two things and that was a running th a lot of themes of of the movie but man hard to follow man and it, it felt long <laughs> Those are really good observations. Um, yeah, like the Giamatti of it all was a, <laughs> summa a summation of final act um, that really hit every. That's part our new of podcast, the, Giamatti of it all, with just Giamatti movies. The Giamatti. Continue. Uh, sorry. No, uh, you're good. Uh, yeah, like. That part I liked. A lot of it had to do with the fact that we were just out of the fucking limousine. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that second half really takes you out after the sun goes down. He he leaves the limousine kind of like day to night was a big, big transition. Yeah, which that limousine was so fucking stupid. 
it's it serves this it serves the iconography, like the iconography of it serves its purpose. Like here is this uber wealthy person, you know, limousines are just associated with wealth and he has the best limousine ever. So mm -hmm. he's the best person ever, you know? And it's also like a fucking spaceship. He's like eating <laughs> nuts in a bowl <laughs> and it's just like sitting on like the armrest has a screen in itself and he's like I, I just I so much of that and then like the the bottle of liquor was in this in the arm of the chair but it's like recessed in it and then it's like lit up and has mirrors and stuff I missed that part. Was, there's a lot of like green screen whatever where like the whatever the screens where they just put green material there and projected whatever sort of screen that they wanted on there and it just didn't feel tactile and i know that scene you're talking about where he's like eating the peanuts and everything it just like it just looks like i'm fiddling with his fingers and they mapped whatever thing underneath it just like it the the tactility didn't didn't feel you know like it just it it felt like to me like 90s 2000 early 2000s like version of what the future would look like inside that limousine of of what they like just the me metallic kind of chrome nature of it and like the right the kind of sweeping kind of edges of it all and um to spend so much time in there yeah it was uh it was something that didn't feel like like yeah it, like i was really in there because the windows themselves i originally thought were green screens as well and what I realized was I, I think it was actually on a street and there were people out there and everything, but the problem was the filtering and the color correction or whatever it was made it made those windows look to appear that they were just in a shitty green screen of like, <laughs> just like, do, 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 just driving like, oh, no, I'm like, um, there's just people driving by or whatever. And it, it just that was the first thing I thought of the movie was how distracting and and that didn't feel uh, just maybe that helped like the different you can feel the divide between outside and inside it was just but it just seemed like white and washed out while the inside was just fully lit well and it you know everyone's faces were really lit really well and the one scene that i thought did have good lighting was when they were in the library for a hot second i don't know this, sure. this movie was a fucking fever dream at certain points but um <clears throat> yeah that everything seemed more even and, and yeah his people's faces were lit well and then it with the giamatti and him at the end scene all those all that lighting was so just yellow brown gray cronenberg fucking like i watched we were i don't know i watched a little naked lunch just that kind of just like decay sort of uh sort of world that i just thought he did so well to dress the giamatti like apartment because i had this just what he just, it's just what he knows. It's just what he knows. Oh, uh, okay. I have to pee real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to just pee real quick. Pee pee break. Both are PPK. <laughs> it's pee pee time. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to riff. I'm just going to riff and we're going to, we're going to keep, keep it all in. It's, it's happening. Cosmopolis people.
what do you what do you got to say say about it? What's what is there to say? I mean, I just I just watched it, and I feel like I'm already just feel it leaking out of my my brain. It's just draining out and and subtly subtly gradually being replaced by um uh what kind of beer is this this is a modello and is helping the the post traumatic stress that i just experienced from watching a cronenberg film um i don't know if anyone anyone uh is listening to me but uh oh uh oh uh oh all right sorry he's back oh i was riffing i was i was nailing it you were riffing oh yeah hell yeah uh we're good the giamatti place was so uh there's there are a couple times that this happens at the giamatti place even though that's technically the best part of the movie where they talk about these like these weird fucking things like there is a piece of dialogue that's talking about how the fucking porta potty is in his apartment and he's oh like oh God, it's a yeah. it's a hole in a hole and then i like move yeah then, i put a hole on top of another hole <laughs> and that's it's too is, specific to not be true it's strange it's cronenberg it, it, had to have had to have uh, had some familiarity with this Oh, absolutely. Um, something that I wanted to just say on the IMDb here, um, you made the point earlier, this is part of the trivia on IMDb. It says David Cronenberg wrote the script in six days. He has admitted when that when he converted the book into the screenplay format on his computer, he realized it was so perfect that his only work was to separate the dialogues from the narration. Yeah. That's that was the one tidbit I read. I think it was like the first little fact on there, and it it just clarified everything to me almost in the same way of you mentioning Kurt Harmony Curran writing that Spring Breakers movie in uh mm-hmm. you know just in the hotel, and then it got too crazy, so he had to calm down by going to uh, another hotel where a Hulk Hogan <laughs> reality <laughs> show was being filmed, and that was the calm hotel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's just yeah, like that kind of stuff, just like. You hear it and then it just makes the whole movie rewind in your head and all kind of like clarify everything that you just experienced. <laughs> um, right. And the fact that it was a book and just, man, it, it, yeah, like for a second while you, while you left, I was kind of just looking through some of my, some of my notes. It just looks like mm. the scribblings of a madman, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, that's this movie. I, I would just throw down some of these. Maybe I'll go through some of them later of just like the really that would be my, maybe my end segment of just going through the last or like all the one liners of deep one liners of this movie of just kind of, Oh, like, I would love that so much because this movie, yeah. there's so many that I just had to take note of, of just like, you know, I, it's, and it's so hard. Cause it's just like, I, you want to grasp onto something. Like I went, I really didn't know anything going into this movie and I was not expecting a lot, but just, totally i feel like open-minded and willing to to have whatever uh had to give thrown at me and i've been enjoying those experiences with movies where i don't know a lot about it it's hard uh to come by when think you're just inundated with information about things coming out and if you 
are interested in anything, right. chances are you're probably going to do a little bit more research about <laughs> what's going on with it or, or whatever. Um, but not knowing a lot about this movie was, was exciting and I was yeah. ready to, to experience it and, and enjoy it. I'm have a huge Pattinson crush at the, at the moment and, uh, no shit. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Like I mean, lighthouse good and, and good time. And the, I mean, those so good. Yeah. Dude. Have you seen tenant? Yeah. He's green tenant, man. I mean, like, yeah, he's if, like, if, I want he, more he, tenant. This is a bold statement, but, and he's already Batman, but fuck man, if just throw him, let him be James Bond. Fuck it. Just let him be James Bond. Who gives a shit? If he wants it, just let him be Batman and James Bond. Who cares? I let him do it. Dude, he's great. So this movie, he had just come off. This is his first movie after, uh, the final shooting of twilight. This is the first movie yeah, I, of him going to Twilight or coming out of Twilight. And he looks so much I like Edward. I didn't realize Edward this movie made. was 2012. Yeah, I, I thought it had come out sooner. But yeah, 2012. Mm-hmm. Almost 10 years. The same year as Spring Breakers, by the way. Wow. If I may, has very similar Rotten mm-hmm. Tomato scores as well. Absolutely. Well, that's what drove us to here, right? Also, too, it was part of my. Well, it's just suggest- interesting to have one that was so came out the same year and have so in, so similar scores mm. on both accounts. Yeah, it just goes to show you what kind of year that was. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of movies, like around that time, and also a comment on like where people c- like who will probably like this movie a lot be at is that. This movie was part of the same category of films like on the UI of Amazon. So I watched this as Southland Tales. That's a category? <laughs> no, it's, it's you know, oh, like related with. with. Okay. Related. Oh, Amazon was like, hey, we know you're a huge fan of Southland Tales. Here you go, buddy. By the way, is that one a... <laughs> Cause I would love to talk about that. continue. Sorry. Oh, it's well, it's my favorite movie. So the, <laughs> and that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm going to talk about is uh-huh. that when I saw that movie, I fucking loved it so much because <laughs> this was this sweeping political commentary in this satire that was just outrageous. Like what yeah, people truly. are saying in, in the movie is insane. Truly. Is similar. Is similarly people talk to each other in Southland tales and like, uh, Ted talks like they're just like doing the, they're talking about an idea in their, this own is who life. I am. <laughs> this is who I am. And this is what I'm about. And I represent this part of society. These are my motivations. <laughs> and I fucking Bye. love it because it is just this, like it, it is a fever dream. Truly because um, Richard Kelly wrote and directed that movie and he said that it all stemmed from a dream that he had and he wrote it the following day to capture what he had in a dream and then he made it a reality amazing. and that movie it is absolutely amazing right like and that's what that kind of fuel is the things that i love in bad movies right like the best bad movies are movies that have an incredible amount of heart and determination to say something i mean arguably they say it terribly but they also are like go so beyond being bad at saying what they wanted to say that they're also then good again and (laughs) 
and I'm that earnestness, man. It comes through. It comes through. Dude, the earnestness always wins brownie points because they know like, in their heart that that like what they're doing is right and that they are the the through line to them is there. They and and they are auteurs enough to to be able to have the control to 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 do that, which is rare as well. Mm-hmm. It is very rare. Um, and so I was thinking about this movie kind of in that context of like. Is this as good as Southland Tales? What do I like about Southland Tales? What do I like and don't like about Cosmopolis? And there are scenes like in Cosmopolis where he is having an erotic conversation. Oh. Oh, uh, <laughs> Chase is turning the lights on. Uh, He's having an erotic conversation while he's getting a colonoscopy. I thought that yeah, was turn my the... lights on. Yeah, uh, no, I want to be here for this conversation. That was the f- craziest thing to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where oh, yeah. He, Crazier than James just, Franco uh, blowing a gun. It's on that level for sure. Which one? Which it, one? Oh, my God. OK, well, that's a great <laughs> question. Let's let's have Let's have that out. OK, so what what is better? What is better or worse? G- or Robert Robert Pattinson? What is he doing? What is actually happening there? Because she's like into it, or is she into it? And how does he just find out that he has, uh, what is what is it, a uh, asymmetric prostate that day? Oh like, God. doesn't he get that test like every day? Oh. How does he just find out? Did it just happen like recently, or 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 what? Like he. He happens to find it out. Like, I just, I thought he was getting that every day. And also, this is also the question of like, what was in the book and what isn't. And the, the, the sort of thing of like, okay, you're pretty much lifting the text and what do you choose to put in? And it just would, it just would be just funny to hear that. Like, yeah, it's all the same, except for one thing. (laughs) I, I need to have this scene where he has a prostate exam and a woman is like, tantalized by it and and gripping a water bottle oh soft, soft plastic is that soft, soft pla- plastic which i i haven't heard described in a movie but i know exactly what she's talking about oh like the thinner kind of plastic but yeah <laughs> well yeah soft plastic <laughs> man i haven't heard things expressed like a nestle water bottle maybe i'm trying to think yeah maybe like a, an arrowhead were californians um yeah but i haven't heard like things expressed it just sounds like an alien talking or like a person who who's you know yeah just like recently learned english or something like i think something that juliet binoche says which is also someone who who did a great job i think and i really liked her her scene i thought she was she was great she says tongue kiss Instead of like French kiss, I don't know. I just I never. I just always thought it was French kiss, unless you're like in grade school or something. Like even if in your grade school, you say you know French kiss, but she's like, "Are we going to tongue kiss later?" And it's like, <laughs> "What is that? Did he just like he just threw that in this in the script?" And it was just like, "Yeah, that I didn't like review that or something." Or just I don't know. Just I just hadn't heard it described. That it just sounded almost 
I know, I know we talked about this with spring breakers and it's not the case with Cronenberg cause he's not like juvenile, but it just kind of, yeah, more like broken English or like an alien. It just sounds like an alien. I think he's an alien man, more yeah, alien exactly. than alien. Oh, totally. Cause if you think this is appropriate, like conversations amongst people, then you're out of your fucking mind. Like this isn't then how you people are, talk. You are too, in fact, an alien. Yes. Yeah. Cause everybody is saying what they're thinking in their head to yeah. each other and then everybody has to also be pretty well read like they have to think conceptualize the struggles that they're having and the existence of themselves in a way where you could like ph uh, philosophize about it you know and yeah because the movie does <sighs> here's the thing is that the movie doesn't give us anything that makes us think it should be like a normal movie though right is that it never is at a, I don't think it's ever outside the realm, almost ever. We could maybe find some places, but ever, rarely ever outside the realm where you're like, oh, this is a fucking fair, like a fantasy. This is like a, you know, this is a weird alternate reality. I just accepted that there were vignettes and that you weren't going to have closure on, on any of these characters and that you're just going to see them once and then they're going to disappear from the movie and never come back. And I think I just kind of accepted that at a certain point that like I was frustrated more at the beginning of kind of just like, huh, okay, like where is that guy? And then I was just starting to realize that at those scenes, each kind of had their own conclusion. And that kind of mm -hmm. put me a little bit more at ease of kind of just like, and I think, yeah, once he got out of the limo, at nighttime and you know he had a i think he had a couple scenes with his wife at least i, I guess with with her and but when he got out of the limo and and that kind of just flipped but uh there were moments that true that i just didn't know what the point was besides just that the fact that the, it like felt like prose in a book that like had some higher meaning or just sort of like a feeling of like you're there when you're reading it and it helps illuminate the the world that you're in mm. and I, what the purpose of a lot of those conversations I thought should be, you know, and not necessarily all of them or anything, but I, I thought if you're going to be in the limo a lot of time, then those conversations should effectively illuminate the world around you and, and bring you some sort some semblance of a feeling and knowledge of what's going on around. Um, right. And Fair. it, it, it did that, but it just, you know, it's, it's just in that, it's in that limo setting. And that's, that's a part of the point of the movie, but it just a little more checkpoints maybe along the way of not just looking out and checking with your bodyguard, but actually like not at nighttime, but it, it maybe seeing a little bit more of the world. But the other thing is like, I didn't find the world that interesting either. No. Uh, not, I mean, it was, it was a dystopia. I mean, I guess, you know, what you're not going to find many things positive about it or, or whatever, but it's just that can, the connective tissue of all these vignettes was missing. Mm -hmm. Like it, yeah. ha it had all these things and I think it probably had them accurately. And they were saying all, all the big sweeping ideas of, of the book, all like all sandwiched on top of each other where characters weren't actually listening. And like you were saying, would information would come in and they wouldn't be in the same fucking room and they would just like, Oh, you talk now. I talk now about something mm -hmm. completely different. And I was just like, it frustrated me when I was actually very curious about what they're going to get into. And, and I think it, it uh, kind of 
coalesce in that barber scene where uh, I think they were about to talk about the dude. They were going back and forth with all this shit, and, and they, they, he started to about being a cab driver, which I thought was pretty interesting. But then they started talking about pointless. There was a lot of pointless stuff, but like, oh, this is kind of like adding a flavor, a flavor to it, I guess. But then it started. To, then they started to talking about the guy's eye, and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, we're talking about the eye now. And then it got to a point where they were having an eye conversation and the cab conversation on top of each other. Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to say something about my eye to you. Don't respond or listen. Like he didn't take, take it in or listen. He's like, mm-hmm. Cab driving is difficult or in like, Oh, I, and then Robert Pattinson said this whole thing about the eye. And then he just like went right back into the cab thing as if those things related. And I just didn't feel that connective tissue but between it. It just seemed more the subtext was missing or just, expected they he expected me to understand the subtext and i and i did not think it contributed enough for me to have an understanding of the those big um ideas at points that were hammering into your head and at other points were so elusive and as like you say an esoteric and vague that it was almost impossible to like grapple on to the through line of a, of a conversation and it just got really muddy and characters got kind of muddy and then yeah like the the funeral for the musician on, and then connected to like the barbershop scene i was like about to lose it and then like the giamatti patent same thing kind of brought me back but those two things as much as i liked the song that was playing the song that was playing during the funeral was was pretty cool beat <laughs> <laughs> that song was not good about what the, the guy singing on top of it was like okay this is the other thing that they were just hammering in he was like enunciating everything and just like everything he was saying was exactly what was going well, okay. on in the movie it was like death like, is you're... coming closer and like it was like looking at pants but i liked i liked the beat but that whole that whole scene was this point is it, it was just a pointless scene and my opinion of the song is pointless as well, <laughs> but, uh, that, and like, it was just like, I was getting frustrated, man. I was just getting frustrated. It's like, you feel like you're getting taken advantage of at a certain point. It's one thing mm -hmm. if he's just like, you're an, un you're an educated, uh, movie watcher and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, uh, to the next where he's just trying to like either subvert or, or just be elusive for, uh, for the sake of seeming, deep when it's actually you don't have an idea of what you're trying to say and you're actually trying to elude that oh, fact, yes. that fact yourself Hell yeah you know absolutely dude there's at a point you just you got what he was saying but he was continuing to say it and then to like yeah you just people are trying you hear people trying to sound smart and it happens really quickly where everybody is just this isn't i don't believe that you're actually smart enough and you know what was driving me fucking nuts was everybody or maybe not everybody but a lot of people i felt like in the film said um yes i know this like talked about like there would be yes i know this yeah or, oh yeah we know and this. there was and yeah. there was the minority report person that was like these things i do not know that she kept on repeating yeah. that that was like uh, that was such a thing from a book that it was like it just means nothing because mm -hmm. like you would expect like 
in an audiobook or something, it's like she looks pensively out the window and looked at the at the rioters coming by with rats and realized her own backstory and, and all the things leading up to it and says, These are things that I do not know and you'd have maybe some some reason for it or something, but it just that part was missing, so it just didn't mean anything. And then that person has you just I had didn't know their relation to the concept they were talking about. I th I guess I, I'm repeating that and um but the one would, the one thing oh no can you go i would say that the reason that it the movie sucks at trying to be critical of those things is that the people that are aware of their own mortality of their influence of power we don't care a fucking goddamn bit about them so it's like i don't give a shit that you have this realization or like or you are coming to a conclusion about what is what it like what a positive outcome would look like because i have no idea really who you are i haven't i have very little understanding of your actual influence on any situation like all of these people work for this weird company and they're buying fucking um what is the Chinese currency they keep? Is that what it is? The Chinese, Chinese yeah, yeah. Like, the, like currency yeah, is becoming a, it has become a thing that you, yeah, fuck, man, I cannot follow. I, and it made me okay, feel, so, it just made me feel dumb. So there, which I already so, am. So here's a, a great example: is Bitcoin right is trying to be a currency, and yeah, yeah. so you can bet on the value of something. Yeah when it comes to other currencies and so there is a market markets. for there's different mar <laughs> there's different markets for like currency having value right mm -hmm. and it'll for the most part it's pretty stable like Fine, yeah I mean. you're you know again it's just such a weird concept of like he's betting all of his money on the currency market it's so fucking stupid yeah and like um, i yeah, and, and what you're saying like, oh, so and so's portfolio is going down is at billions of dollars. And I, have every a, I have billions, and they're coming after me next, or or some shit. I fuck. And he's trying to buy this. What was it like a church or like this big piece of art that like is just like, oh, it belongs to the people. It's like I I want it or or whatever. But like those, all those things with every exterior character, they tried. If if Giamatti wasn't such a great actor, I'd say that was a fucking. I don't give a shit about this person that randomly shows up at the end of the movie and is like the killer or whatever. It just, he had nothing leading up to it. So, but the fact that Giamatti brought such weight, weight to the role, I thought, uh, saved it, saved that part. But I mean, I guess the through line, and I think what I was thinking, what I was thinking about, I don't know a lot of Cronenberg movies, but something that he, I guess he does or something that he's interested in. I think he, he does pretty effectively is with his main characters is about self-destruction. Mm -hmm. because sure. the fly is about like the weight of his own invention like kills him and like uh, about it mm -hmm. just, just gradually destroys him and to the mm -hmm. point where yeah it's i mean that is just awful okay and i think like james woods gradually goes crazy with video dramas the other one I, i've seen with the with uh television and cable and and, and all and it's just like a gradual like degradation of of a character and it's <sighs> This might sound weird, but I kind of like those kind of movies. I kind of like no, I, I kind of like those those kind of things, and you can see where they're kind of going with it with his character. And I thought, you know, I one of the deep lines of Giamatti at the end was that sort of thing where Giamatti's talking about how fucked his life is and all this stuff, and 
um, Pattinson was saying was saying something about was trying to like one up him or something and about how fucked his life is. And Giamatti's like, even in self destruction, you have to be the very best, and you can't let anyone be as good as as you at, at self destruction. And man, that I was like, oh, I felt like an actual like completion of, of his character a bit. And especially the, yeah, the day to night where he kills, where he caps his, his bodyguard and makes, just makes that transition and gets the half of his head shaved. And, um, just, uh, just that constant, he almost wanted to have a back and forth in the movie, but it just, it just ended up making it kind of confusing. Cause that those themes of, of, uh, of being kind of uh not you're not just one thing i don't know that the the conversation with him and giamatti was was a lot about more about their similarities than than their differences and 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 their relation as characters almost as as like foils or or something like that where they kind of like they're meeting in in the middle of of whatever sort of um spectrum I don't know what that spectrum would be of just like living outside of society or, or whatever, but they're starting from different points of, of rebelling against what, what sort of life they've been, been living and whose fault of that it is and how they're going to rebel against those ideals and, and who they're blame they're they're placing it on and, and how, how they meet. I thought brought the movie together in a bow that would be my main positive thing but the, some of the gobbledygook like leading up to it just was was hard to um under, understand that that's where it was going but at the same time it's like that is a very i don't know if it had been handled differently it'd be a very just like cut and dry sort of again like paint by numbers sort of thing of like this this rich guy that's that's trying to whatever he's trying to be more streets where he's trying to understand what it's like to not be rich or whatever and uh, and that's where he ends up. And if I can make just one more point, I you think make around the 2012 thing, I was, I was thinking about it as well. This was around like Occupy Wall Street and shit, right? And like yeah. 1% sort of stuff. And I was kind of thinking mm-hmm. how, how maybe that influenced a bit as well. Wealth, wealth gap stuff, which I mean, is, 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 has not a new thing, but I know around that time that was a very prevalent conversation and it just, it's, I mean, that's essentially what fucking Joker was too. uh, Right. But I I would just say though, is that, okay. So it presents the fact that there is this enormous wealth disparity, but the character of Eric Packer's uh, Robert Pattinson's character, like he's not learning to not, to bring down that society. He's yeah. not learning mm-hmm. to solve that problem. Yeah. It is I'm, just I'm presented. It, it, it's, you know, it's just presented as a nuisance and mm. like, it's, you can't have your, he's more Patrick Bateman about it. Yeah. Or something. Of course that, yeah, that is the definite archetype for this is that because the, what is it where, Dude, I just I couldn't handle the fact that every time somebody would talk to Robert Pattinson, like he's not looking at them. Mm. He's always looking off to the side, like huh. tell you know, really tell me the that. information. And it just drove me fucking nuts because huh. um 
there's never a shot really of like here's me looking at you mm -hmm. it's robert pattinson looking off into this you know into the deep void yeah. that is his just brilliant mind because he's just you know the only thing we know about him again like we don't really fucking know anything about him mm -hmm. all we know is that he sucks at his job like i don't know what to tell you we've been, we haven't been with this character where he's been successful he's just sucked at his job and then you're presenting like the currency market as like something oh yeah like everybody's gonna get this like yeah people bet all their money on currencies and it's that's how you get rich is it's like oh yeah you bet on the yen instead of betting on whether you know amazon stock is gonna go up and th it, this character just is sucks for what you're trying if you want the message of he's, the film, he, he's almost like travis bickle taxi driver rich taxi driver but he's not even like He's not like destitute taxi driver guy, but when kind of the like the last part of the movie almost reminded me of like a angry Travis Bickle sort of mm. sort of character or something where, yeah, I don't know. Just that, that that's probably a, a stretch, but just his motivations are just, yeah, it's like he, he just kind of sucks. What is, yeah, he fucking sucks. It's like he's like, and it's one of those things where. I he's almost really interpret it as like yeah. he's like at the twilight of his of his young career and like uh, he's looking at it. So I don't know. He's like he's he's crescendoing on his like he's the young superstar sort of dude that people are impressed by. And he's sad about that. I don't know, because he had that one conversation with the with the kid and then the button on the end of that scene was about what, what did he say he's like so how old do you tell people you are now that you're too old or like you're you're not young enough to be like impressing anyone anymore how old do you right. say you are because you like he's like you say you're you're younger to maintain that illusion that you have something to impress but it's just like yeah if that's if that's the reason that you're upset with the world i don't know and it, it it just seemed it just yeah it was just he was the vessel for those vignette, vignettes to take place he was almost like the sponge for the people to come in and out of his life and the movie and the car to w lay whatever kind of wisdom that they had to to say and then just move on and he was just the sponge to to kind of take it all in he was the audience surrogate you know he was the person that we were supposed to relate with the most but he's uh, like a, I related with the doctor. What? Yeah, yeah the doctor. <laughs> Got my hands and shit. Um, God, that yeah. He was who did he I, just staring was so the, staring who, so close. He had both arms straddling her, and and just just looking deep in deep into her eyes. Oh, Bush in this movie. Who? That chick was hot. Oh, the oh, that was riding him. Mm hmm. Yeah. What was she? As I looked it up, what was she in? Oh, um, I have no idea. She did not look. Oh, she did not look familiar to me. Right. But so much, so much sexual stuff, and he's a straight up sex sex addict as well. Oh, he's to the for point. Sure. And I thought, you know, that was kind of interesting if they explored that a bit, even even more, or I don't know. Just I thought that was interesting that he has so much control and so much power over things and he, and he prizes that 
control over people because that's some something that he kind of can't buy necessarily. I mean, the woman that we're talking about is a prostitute and, and mm -hmm. I, he's very mm -hmm. businesslike about that because they just have a whole conversation while they're having sex and it's just so casual. And, and apart from movie making shit where that, you know, happens all the time in movies and it's not as realistic, that felt more like something of like, no, this is just a transactional sort of thing and we're just going to eat. It comes off as fake in a lot of movies, but I was just kind of more more accepting of that. But the dude just seems so so desperate for sex and for that uh, uh, just just sexual satisfaction from another person and the non-ability to be able to just have that control over that aspect of a person or or anything is I think is what drove drove him a lot and then it's just yeah he's a fuck i don't know whatever it's yeah he does suck he's a fucking incel i don't know <laughs> no he's just he's a sex he's a sex addict i, I and and some of those like frustrations i thought in those faults and like imperfection is in his character was some of the more interesting stuff of like the patrick bateman scene stuff where he is so perfect and everything and that kind of through line at the end where i have an asymmetrical prostate as well yeah, oh my of, god of, of giamatti and just like things aren't aren't so perfect you know things are and th when you expect them to be that's how then, they most relate that that was that was the, that was that button on on the bunghole and <laughs> i don't sorry you look gross <laughs> but <laughs> hello um, uh yeah but it's just the that, bunghole. that sort of patrick bateman like perfectionist attitude and and expecting the world to fit your whims and frustrated when it doesn't was just kind of who that character incar incarnate what kind of was and you know if i am going to do whatever the sort of uh yeah armchair philosopher sort of reading on this movie it is he kind of fucking represents capitalism man because let me yeah. smoke this smoke this bongo yeah um, right but right. he he's, he represents capitalism, man, because it just like you start and you, and it's eventually going to degrade because he's he's gathered all the money, and and the wealth gap is so big, and now it's just the the decline of capitalism or so, I don't fucking know I don't know I was trying to find some like deep reading on what his character represents and and that turn halfway through sure. and and just that twilight of him being such a hot shot and and taking almost the world with him or something or take. It seemed like he 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 was or he was riding the wave that was already going on with with how things were were going going down and it just I felt way more on the side of Paul Giamatti where just like this fucking guy man this fucking guy's coming in in my shitty apartment with the porta potty and like shooting, shooting himself in the hand to, to prove a like, point like. <laughs> but he came into the apartment just shooting. Yeah, I was and waiting that, to see it, what he was shooting at. There was nothing there, yeah. No, it was insane. I had no idea what that meant. Like, he busts in through the door, and then he just goes... <laughs> just in an, in an apartment. And we don't see what who's in there or anything. God, and I then, love his body language, though. He's he's so great. Oh. Because uh, that's, so, that's hard to do, but to have that change... I'm sure through the movie, how whatever the shot schedule is and everything, but I just, yeah, I think of like Di DiCaprio does it in every, like almost like a bunch of movies where he's just gradually losing his mind or whatever. And like Shutter mm -hmm. Island or Departed or, uh, or whatever. And just seeing that, I think it Departed, I like that movie a lot, but, uh, 
he's just losing his mind, gradually getting addicted to drugs and getting more anxious that whole movie and seeing his transition from the beginning to the end is, is some of my favorite, like one of my favorite parts of, of that movie. And I thought, yeah, Pattinson got that across well, how they dressed him and, and everything, obviously. And the fact that it took place over, over one day and keeping it tight like that, but man, it did not, it felt like a full day watching it. Tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of time spent talking nonsense. Yes. Yeah. And, right. and, and one setting and, you know, I spending a lot of time in the car, like he, he had interesting angles throughout the, the limo and that's not inherently going to like make it a bad movie because I've watched a good movie that just took place in a car called, I think it's called lock with uh, Tom Hardy. And the whole movie takes place with just him in, in a car, just him. And he's just talking to people on the phone and he's just driving the car. And I saw it in a movie theater and I was entertained the whole time. I mean, I, it's been long enough that I could be interested in watching it again. Um, and, but the movie was structured in a way that it had, had like rises and falls and builds and everything. And and it was intelligible, but, uh, the, I just, I felt, I felt dumb and I wasn't sure if that was me or, or the movie or both. And, uh, if he, was trying to make some grand statement. I think it was about Pattinson's character and I was trying to delve deeper on that. Uh, but I think that, yeah, that connection that he shares with Giamatti with the asymmetrical prostates, I think that was just, uh, that was a, a, a big thing for, for, uh-huh. for me, I guess, to, to help understand the movie. But, uh, fuck man, it was, um, a lot of a lot of philosophical stuff with uh with not enough like satisfying sort of follow through about ability to like let me make my own decision about what's happening because I just wasn't able to have certain opinions on on the concepts when I don't think I wasn't sure what his opinion was and it seemed yeah more just kind of like this sounds so interesting from what I read in the book and I would love to just get these ideas into the world. And I'm sure, yeah, you read a book and you just want to share that, share that experience of reading the book to somebody. And it just is fascinating to me how difficult that is to adapt something. And I, I feel like that's a lot of the books I'll, I'll read will, will be books that are movies. And it's, it, I find it very interesting to see how difficult that that is to do. And, um, I'm, it made me kind of curious about, about the book, uh, but I don't know if you wanted to talk about the, the author at all. Yeah. Because um, I think we, we might have had this conversation already, but we had some technical issues and it got mm-hmm. cut off. So I would love to hear if you want to talk at all about the, the author. Otherwise, yeah, we can, and then we can move on to our, our final thoughts. Yeah. Um... So much of what we've talked about is that people, it's more important to talk about the idea of something than actually have a conversation about it. And that is very postmodern of this movie. And Don DeLillo is a, um, is a postmodern author and reading his work, things are very satirical and, um, 
there are some really interesting commentary on I don't know what we prioritize, what we find important, how people work together to destroy themselves. And that's on display here, but we've talked a lot about how it's not ends up not being effective. It may be it, you could chalk it up mainly to the sh a change in uh, format or medium. If this was a book, and you've given a couple examples tonight, you could you could imagine reading that on the page and reading it, and then thinking about it, and then being able to visualize it in your own mind, and that makes better sense than this movie. This movie makes almost no sense, and you have very little understanding about what people do um what the impact or what the value is of a lot of different critiques it's like this is a movie of 20,000 critiques about things and it, yeah and it doesn't do All on top any of, each of them other. yeah it doesn't do any of them well you know mm -hmm. it's a problem of yeah they they you. would like touch on something that i th i thought was very interesting like the minor i keep calling her that the precog for Minority Report. I just lo I love sure. I love my Minority Report. I love mm -hmm. it. But yeah, that's uh, great. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, she was about to touch on like the relation of like technology and people and time and how like oh something about like time is is the currency and and it's not and information is is the currency and it's not about money's like going the way of like what painting like and it's uh, it's such like a it's kind of heady. Yeah, kind of like I really sort of thing to say. So it was like, oh, money is what like painting is. It was. It's like okay, but it's it was interesting that cross section of yeah. It's it's like how I would sound probably trying to just talk about something too, but he just put it in a script <laughs> script or whatever. Not me necessarily necessarily, but it just seemed kind of just uh, yeah, man. Like the future and technology and information and. The, in the past is informed and it just kind of just keeps saying those things and putting them together, but no conclusive thing or connective tissue holding those ideas together. Sure. And I would push back a little bit and say that like two people having a conversation about what some of this stuff is ha like what's being commented on in the film would never sound like the way that it does ever in reality. Like you, we could have as friends have a conversation about the state of um, the wealth disparity in the U.S. Uh, we could talk about uh, narcissism. We could talk about. Um, our mortality and coping with that, or what does it mean to be successful? We can have those conversations amongst friends and people can have those conversations and they are never going to sound like this. This is one, it sounds like in your own head, if you were having a conversation with somebody like this was, mm -hmm. this is what I would have playing in my head. If I was to conceptualize the conversation about not even a friend, really at that point because it doesn't even have that value to it where it's like oh i'm thinking about you james what i would say to you when i'm you know mortality mm -hmm. um yeah 
We and we would be, be and we might be emotional about those heady topics, especially if you're talking about you. If you're so consumed with the idea of death, you might have a feeling about it. I just didn't. I don't know. Maybe maybe him a bit more. He's he's a callous person, and I understand coming from him and stuff. But just like when other people talk about it, besides maybe Giamatti is just kind of like, do you do you feel anything? What do you what is your what do you feel yeah, for Pattinson, and why are you talking to him and mm-hmm. the the relationship between people just that I thought would be more of something that would be established before they would maybe get into some of these talks. And, you know, it's hard to do that naturally, but I just didn't know what they meant to each other. A lot of the people that he was talking with Absolutely. and everything, the idea of him kind of getting drunk with, with somebody and, and kind of like letting loose about some of the stuff was, I thought, yeah, again, the precog talking, it was, was getting to interesting points, but, uh, as long as it felt, it still felt like it would cut right or go into something else before it got interesting too. So it was just like frustrating and long or something. I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's not held in reality. The point I'm making is, is that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I cut you off. No, no, you didn't cut me off. I mean, you were expounding upon what I was saying. Um, yeah. Like you just, you're not, that's not what a conversation amongst two people sounds like. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to really connect with what's happening on screen. And the sounds like because, pros. Yeah. Yeah. It's just somebody talking at you. Mm-hmm. You're not talking with somebody. You're not included in the scene. It's not like, I mean, we just, we're in Oscar season right now. There are some incredibly intimate films. Like this movie is it's like, doesn't understand humanity at all. It is a hollow shell. And it is the critique it's making, but there is literally no beating heart in this movie. No, there's no one I care about at all. Yeah, it is. And it is, I think, trying to be about the humanity rising, rising, and maybe not above, but just cutting through a lot of the things happening within a dystopian society and, and the human condition within that. Mm. It seems to be a big, big part of it. And, and again, I, yeah, I just, I, I fucking enjoyed Lion King cause it was a visual fun roller coaster safari ride and everything. And with this movie, it felt more like I could just like listen to it and, and kind of get it get a lot of the ideas just from listening because it was just a lot of talking and talking and everything. And I'm okay with that. I'm not that dumb of a moviegoer and, and everything too, but it's just, uh, right. uh, pacing and progression of, of ideas to, to that conclusion that they were getting towards. Um, I don't know it. it if there was more of, uh, logical kind of progression between those those things i felt the the destruction of of pattinson's character in in certain ways but i i don't know that had a lot to do with with him i think and i think obviously there's good aspects of the direction as well and and how cronenberg um set up shots and and uh while i was harshing on the color correction there is there was a certain kind of sheen to it that at times I, I thought, you know, yeah, I don't know. I have a fondness for that kind of like dumb futuristic to early two thousands sort of, sort of feel. I, I don't know. It kind of, it is kind of yeah. hokey or campy or something in its, in its own way too. But um, yeah, it looked, it looked clean and, and everything, but 
uh, just real uneven, real uneven between the performances and, and the ideas presented. Yeah. Cause it's too many of them. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, I think we've done it. I think we've talked about this movie enough. Yeah, I think right? so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, I think it, for what it's worth, it is a conversation starter, I, I guess, for for you to have your own conversation about. But because um, I I feel I feel heated and urged the urge to like discuss like these these heavy concepts because it just kind of gets you pumped. And I kind of just watch this movie or just kind of gets you like gets your mind working a bit about certain things, but then just kind of leaves you hanging and and. Uh, so it, it it's worth talking about in that way and, and for for having I, ideas there, earnest ideas and interesting aspects to it. Man, that it was very interesting what you're saying about Southland Tales, where it's like it just um it reverses around almost where it just the the you start looking at the art in a in a different way where it's like not even maybe intentional how they're trying to make it, but you can still like the, or that it's not intentional, the things that you're deriving from it that you find positive or that you find enjoyable, but you can still find those things and enjoy it for your own, own reasons. Um, but this one felt so personal to Cronenberg that it was hard for him to let people in, I think, into, into some of those. So some of those things that he enjoyed so much about, about the text and, and the book, but um, yeah, I could feel like it was, yeah, it was probably enjoyable for him to to make. I I don't know how old how old is the guy. It's it's pretty pretty cool. I guess 2012, but has he made? I don't know if he's made anything recently. I know his son's making movies now. I haven't seen any of his shit, but yeah. I mean, he would. It's be an in interesting. Directors. It's an interesting watch. I guess yeah. for like for the sake of like this podcast and and checking out this sort of thing. But would I watch it again? Probably not. Yeah, he's uh, Cronenberg would have to be put into director's jail after this because this movie cost, I think it was twenty three million dollars to make, and it made like seven hundred and ten thousand. I saw that's is that that's the American growth. Let me see. Or U.S. gross. I think I saw that number and I was like, "No fucking way." It is a okay twenty point five million dollar budget. Cumulative worldwide gross is seven million. Jesus. So that is opening weekend seventy thousand. Yes. Yeah. Holy fuck! Of U.S. gross, U.S. seven hundred sixty thousand. Holy shit! Fuck. Oh yeah. Wow, that what a stinker! Enormous stinker. This is I don't, a poopy man. Movie. I don't remember this coming out in theaters or anyone talking about it. And I know I had my red box piece last week, but I feel like this might have been a red box situation too, where audiences brought this home and like, oh, it's it's Edward. Let's go, let's watch right. Edward. Totally, and he's really... sexy in a suit. We just watched Remember Me, and that was. I don't see that one, but he has, he was from New York. And I think in that one too, I just know that has nine 11 at the end of that movie, but um, spoiler alert. I don't know. That's all I know about that movie, but uh, yeah, I'm just imagining people's people coming to this movie 
and that audience score, I just, I, I think that's interesting for me when it just like people's expectations, my own expectations are interesting. That's what I talk about enough, but just the reasoning behind some of these scores. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's a really good thing to bring up because again, this is the first movie that Robert Pattinson's in after doing Twilight. Wow, yeah. Okay. So, so there is a convergence that's happening where Robert Pattinson has become the teen sex icon. Like he is something that every, I would say, at the time it's gotta be what, 18 to 15 or 23 to 17. Like that demo knows who Robert Pattinson is and then have a convergence mm -hmm. of a, weird old director and yeah just it, it wasn't necessarily I just imagine like the first uh, yeah that first weekend people like oh don't go see it he gets a prostate exam <laughs> well he has sex I mean, there's I mean there's full frontal in that yeah there's full frontal I mean that's that's what you would say you're like no this movie has full frontal nudity in it What's happening to our movie stars? First, Selena Gomez in a Spring Breakers movie with Vanessa Hudgens with this alien right. fella. And now Robert Panson is in this Cosmopolis. What's up with our, our stars, our child stars? <laughs> exactly. That is a wonderful thing to bring up because, yeah, absolutely. It's you not just, Hannah Montana. It's, it's just Miley now. Oh, dear. I mean, in Pattinson's mind, he's probably just like, oh, I get to fuck three women in a movie? Great. No, I'm man, I, he's, I think he's all just like, like Brad Pitt sort of thing of just like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I know he's handsome and stuff at the, at the beginning, but he's just like, I think ever since Twilight, he wants to just show how ugly he can be and how fucking like weird sort of like, right. I don't know, like Brad Pitt's such a good, everyone says that, whatever. He's like the leading, he looks like leading man, but, or a character actor stuck in a leading man's body is what they always say about Brad Pitt. And mm. I can kind of like sense that same thing with he just wants to prove to people how fucking weird he can be. Weird and I love it, all of the things he's yeah. been doing and the track that he's on. And I was very excited to watch this movie because, yeah, man, I've just been on on a roll with, yeah, Lighthouse and, and Good Time. There's, I feel like there's maybe some other other one I'm not thinking of, but I really enjoyed <laughs> Lighthouse, how weird that, that movie was and everything. And Tenet, he was like pretty much like a cool like James Bond or like. I don't know, yeah. uh, sexually ambiguous yeah. kind of James Bond, and I thought that was fucking awesome too. Um, it, just, it was. I was lit. so so on board for for that as well, and uh, yeah, yeah, and I just I'm really I'm really excited for, for his uh, his future. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm not gonna have any hot take on it. I mean, it's that's if we're talking unintelligible. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, well, I mean, I enjoyed the matter. No, the, I thought of you during that movie. That just gets, yeah. Okay. I thought of you because I was like, I feel like I'm watching a James Bond movie, and I'm okay. And, with I it. and the minute that. the I minute that, that snapped into place, I like had a great time. I think at the beginning, yeah. I was just kind of like, oh god, I'm panicking, I'm panicking, and then halfway through, I was like, this is a James Bond movie. Oh, this is great! I can just like throw this on 
and I'll I'll learn something new like only, every time right. I watch it and like for Musher with Love Style or something I'll just like learn a little There's bit more. There's a femme fatale. You got this like Kenneth Braun is a great villain, yeah. Great gregarious. Like you, you, you want your villains to be gregarious. You want them to be fucking models. <laughs> That's his on middle a yacht. name. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited about the um the Murder next the, yeah, or, yeah 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 um, Inspector um, Perot I mean and speaking of gregarious uh, holy shit I love it I'm so for it and did that you was hear a fun that movie yeah the um and he's I mean, like anything he's directed I think has has been pretty fun I think they talked about it on Doughboys but they um or maybe blank check but knives this out. is where we just plug other people's podcasts <laughs> right, sorry. welcome welcome sorry, sorry, to sorry, polarize sorry. we just we just uh, talk so, other people's podcasts a podcast about podcasts um they're uh already signed up to do two more uh knives out movies oh i heard about that for netflix yeah mm-hmm. down super down i'm so fucking down for those type of movies. what a great thing for daniel craig to move on to is like yeah a goofy james bond (laughs) a goofy james bond dude i i loved him so much in that movie and and like whatever i always it's such a forgettable movie that sort of thing where it just it does not exist but that soderbergh movie with him where he has that weird southern accent too i fucking forget that it's logan lucky logan lucky yeah he's fun in that one he's great yeah um and he's kind of carrying that that over i feel like oh i love when he's having fun if he's having fun I'm happy for sure. But yeah, me too. I mean, I when when he when you see that join his baby blues, yeah, you're like, oh, he's being as crazy as he wants to be, and he wants to he wants to be crazy. He wants to go there. Let him just go there. And he's like, I can go home to my beautiful wife Rachel Weiss at the end of the day, and my children, and like not have to like fly across the world and possibly break something and be in the top piece. Top physical Absolutely. shape for this the shit. I just want to like. I want a, Daniel Craig to act for the next forty years. <laughs> yes, I want this. Somehow he's gonna like be better than Casino Royale, yeah. or which I don't. I think is impossible, but or Skyfall, right. but somehow this is gonna be like a renaissance of even above. I mean, he already had it with Casino Royale, but he's just gonna and he's gonna like step above it and be some something else. Wow. I mean, Sean Connery did a, did a lot, I guess, but he um, did. Yeah, Sean Connery did a lot of movies until he's very, very old. All right. Uh, do you want me to go first with these crazy lines, or do you want to go first and say your piece? I'm going to say my piece um, said a lot about this film. I think this movie is not nearly as fun as it should be for how uh, bullshitty and esoteric that it is. <laughs> is it effective in saying what it needs to say? It's absolutely not. Um, it, does it have moments that were memorable? And was there shots of the movie that were uh, interesting? And were there some pieces of dialogue that were like actually said something worth listening to? There were some of that. I would mm-hmm. give this movie a 55%. Mm. Fair. Very fair. Um, yeah, I think it's the same thing this week where I feel like I said my piece and I'm going to riddle off some notes and lines uh, from from uh, my post-traumatic experience watching this movie um, and taking 
way too many notes than I needed to, but I felt like there was going to be some things hanging on some of the things that people said, but it wasn't that case as much. Man, I forget who said this to, it must've been Pattinson to, I don't know who said it. You have your mother's breasts. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, yeah. A man rises on a word, falls on a symbol, on a syllable. Mm, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Sure. Um, life is too contemporary. Yeah, I agree. What the fuck? What the fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Juliet Binoche says it. She says it with conviction, and I and I believe her. But some of these. She's a good actress. Like, yeah. The uh, doctor. One of the things he says. This is the same thing as like the tongue kiss thing. Where he's like, because he's not his original doctor. He's like on the road, so he needs some like other doctor. And so he's like, oh, I don't oh, remember yeah, you. I remember. And he's like, I flushed out your ear holes. Yep. Uh-huh. And he says ear holes as a doctor. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's the clinical term. Mm-hmm. Ear yeah. canal, maybe. I don't know. Um, right. No, fair. Maybe. I don't know. Tongue kiss, ear, ear hole. It just sounded like strange when everyone's speaking so deep about yeah. things and just all of a sudden this like let's tongue kiss mm-hmm. um oh this is this verbose. is what's that everybody was very verbose this yes. is a perfect example of Except people being verbose yes um yeah it's funny how 2012 spring break they're very different movies but still it's like some of yeah, that es- essence of kind of just like I like the the earnestness of you reaching for the stars and everything, but yeah, it's just watching them kind of hit the wall at certain points is is admirable, but also it can be very frustrating. Um, so when I mean, he's the difference getting, is one is accelerating, the other one's decelerating. So it's much more interesting, Spring Breakers, uh, because you're you're watching people mm, go rise up to it, destructing. The entire, but yeah, they're yeah. destructive, but yeah, they're very su- successful in their own ways, I guess. But Vanessa Hudgens and Benson just mm-hmm. don't change in that movie whatsoever. And they're sure. successful in everything that they do, except they go to jail for a hot second. And then if anything, they meet the love of their life. And then it's alien Batman. Well, anyways. So while uh, he's getting the prostate exam, this is what I think, God, the fucking sound effects during that scene. Ugh. Um, but I think the woman who was working out, she says something I think she says this yep. like right at the end. The whole econ- the whole economy convulses because men took a breath as mm-hmm. he's like getting around, which makes me yeah. think he's capitalism <laughs> incarnate. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and he's he like is. getting a shock to the system or some. I don't fucking know. That was where I was just like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get on that deep level, and I don't want to give him too much credit, but also I'm tr- also trying to like understand that there's a subtext that I don't, I'm not fully getting either. Um, there's that, I think she says multiple times his wife where it's like, I smell sex all over you. Yeah. You reek of lot. sexual discharge. She's really into smells. Yeah. Oh time. yeah, that's right. That is kind of, yeah. I kind of like those weird quirks, but that just, yeah. that just is her character. She's, she's always she's about to smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's not the sex I had. It's the sex I want. So yep. if anyone if anyone tells you you smell like sex, that's your response because that's a normal thing that someone says to someone. So that's your normal thing to say in response. Um, we are people in the world. We need to eat and talk. I think yep. that's before they. It's a normal 
thing that human beings say, right? Not, yeah. not definitely not an alien would talk about how, hey, we are people in the world. We need to eat and talk. Yeah, he says it actually kind of not the same exact thing, but multiple times in the movie because he is posturing that this this is me coming down to your level. You're nah, outside yeah. of be, being a human where I'm yeah. just saying like this is how we, you know, oh, are we being good humans? Mm -hmm. We're asking each other how our day is going. Wouldn't and, it be crazy if we just like went to a diner and just like yeah. had a meal and talked right. like human beings? Um. The urge to destroy is a creative urge. Destroy the past, make the future. Uh, tech helps us make our fate. Um, the, and then that whole thing about the monk burning yourself to say something like a, a monk sworn to silence and this is the way to express something I thought was like such mm -hmm. like the way that they express it was kind of just eye roll too. But also I was like, that's an idea that you can express in a way that is very interesting. But how they did it was just kind of like, Nah, I don't know. It was just kind of void of emotion for me. It just—I think that emotion for me—it was a big thing. I just didn't didn't mean anything as much. Um, people will be absorbed in streams of information. I know nothing about this. As uh, what she kept saying, I know nothing about this. Computers are dead as uh, distinct units. Even the word computer is stupid. I thought that was kind of interesting, the idea, but it's just they never followed through. It's like a Black Mirror thing where, I don't know, I thought like, yeah, computers and people are just like becoming, you can't, you're blurring the line between it or whatever, and they're just, we're becoming one, but it just, that was all they said, and then they just moved on to some other idea. I don't know. Logical extension of business is murder. Got it, okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, oh, this is just something random when he pees out the vent in the bottom of his car. That's something that exists. Um, which I guess in traffic, he just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's in that car all day. <laughs> you gotta go. You just hit that, not the sunroof, but the, the floor, the floor, yep. uh, whatever. Discharge <laughs> section. I don't fucking know. Discharge is in my mind now. I need to get that out of my mind. I need to get discharge out of my mind. Um, I thought the the rotation of the security was strangely coordinated and no one, like it was just a different security guy every time at different locations. And right when I was thinking about it at the barbershop, the guy was just like, hey, where's the chief of security? <laughs> yeah, it just blew his brains out for no reason. He's like, wait, why even... is it just me? And it's like, why is it the first time we see the dude with the eye injury? And, then, yeah, and, and the, he's like man, asking where the chief of security is like, dude, dude never isn't that, that your guy. fucking job? Why are you asking what? He's the driver. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so, okay. Oh, he was the driver. Got it. He was um, the driver. I see. Then, yeah. yeah. But then well, there was that other it. guy that was like in the club. They were talking about the drugs. He's just like, these kids don't know what pain oh, is. Oh, yeah. Hey, what Dude, what are they guy. taking these drugs for? They don't know what pain. It takes your pain away. They don't got any pain. Or and that was just seemed like a, I don't know, a, a daytime mm -hmm. TV actor. I don't know. Just, there's some people, not to be mean or anything, but just like some of the delivery and everything was just kind of like, he was in a different movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's... I think that's pretty, pretty much it. Uh, Icarus... Oh, my Korean panic attack. What the fuck? That was weird. Mm -hmm. Giamani mm -hmm. says that. Oh, my Korean panic attack. Panic attack, yeah. What the fuck does that mean? And he's got um, the on his head. Violence needs a burden. 
I, yeah. Even when you, yeah, I, I don't know that. I, I think I'm, I think I'm, oh, Paul Giamatti's sex organ was receding into his own body. <laughs> okay. That's all I'll, I'll just leave it on that. There was a moment where he's just like, my sex organ is receding into my own body. And he's like, let me see. <laughs> and then they just moved on to talk about something else. He just like mm -hmm. brought it up a different subject and just like talk, yeah. talked about something else. Um, man, I'm really between a four and a five. I'll do five. I'll do a, just, just a five. I don't think, I don't think it, it's as bad as a four. I think, I think a, I think a six <laughs> is, is a positive, but five is just kind of like, I acknowledge there's art, there is artistic merit to, to elements of this movie. And mm -hmm. the reasons that it does frustrate me, I think is because I want it to be better and I want it to understand what they're trying to say and, and the ideas and the book did seem interesting based on some of the things that were, were said and the idea of the premise itself. Also, I can see just being like a, 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 a one-off quick sort of, yeah, like a, a movie or, or a book that you can just kind of get through and have these characters enter and, and talk about something and bring something to the story of like, this is what the world is. And this is what I represent within the story. And I'm going to impart you with knowledge and, and a dis, even maybe in an Odyssean sort of way of this guy going on, not a fucking, I don't know, not a hero's journey, but just kind of like going in and, and learning things from different people that, that come in and out of his, his life through, through his, his journey. But those conclusive moments with each of those characters did not hit home. And it was, it, the vignettes had no, had, didn't have that connective tissue that, uh, brought it, brought it home for me aside from Giamatti and Pattinson acting off each other was, was something that was the part that was, that was worth it for me. Um, and yeah, from someone who had like really wanted to like this movie, it'd be hard for me to recommend because <laughs> I think that, yeah, it's just something that for someone who wanted to like, it'd be hard, I'd be hard pressed to have someone who, you know, doesn't think anything about it or doesn't, you know, doesn't want to see it or something and try to convince them to try to watch something like this. Um, but that does not mean I'm not going to try more Cronenberg. Uh, because totally. I've never seen Scanners, and it's been a long time since I've seen, yeah. seen The Fly. I could totally I watch Videodrome again. I'd like to watch his his son's stuff, and it I'd be foolish to think that uh, he didn't have any sort of influence on a lot of filmmakers that I enjoy. And oh, it says Stens is the other one that I I yes. watched that mm -hmm. one. That's a fucking weird one. They're all weird, and that's the brand. It's just like cool, kind of like knowing you're going to go into something and watch something weird. Um, mm -hmm. But that that wasn't enough in in this one. And man, that fucking Jesus Christ, seventy five thousand or seven hundred fifty thousand gross. You man, oh my god, oh, You're done. that makes me that makes me feel feel a little bad. But I'm I'm thankful that uh, we got Pattinson still working and everything. But yeah, him just him acting off Giamatti. That's essentially what Lighthouse was was just him acting off like another great character, another great character actor in Defoe. And I loved it. And his accent, Pattinson's accent, it's like he was he he was he was good and even better in good time. And you can tell he had practice or something because good time is oh, accent sure. fucking spotless. It's just so great. Way and better. that's the frustrating thing with like spring breakers or something, is just kinda like, yeah, you look at you just don't 
I don't feel you know, it really from from the voice right. from James Franco, but the body language and stuff you you can have and everything. But it's fully realized, man. He he's able to come with a fully realized character to his movies, and it makes me excited to like see what he's doing. I mean, Batman's Batman, but uh, yeah, right. I I'm into it. I'm into him. Team Edward, baby. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. So we uh. So that's a wrap on Cosmopolis. Uh, we have we have no uh, agreed upon way to decide on the next movie. So you mm-hmm. will probably hear a cut here soon while I <laughs> while we uh, ruminate on the all the different options that we could have for the next movie, uh, okay. which I'm probably gonna run through right now, uh, unless okay. you have one on deck, Brandon. No, before we do that, I have to pee. Oh, maybe I'll do that too. And we're back. Um, we have decided on a movie that I have only just now really heard of. I think I probably saw on some other list and put it on my list. But mm-hmm. upon further research, it is American Outlaws 2001. Audience rating 68%. Critics rating fourteen percent, and on my discussion on our discussion earlier, yes, there is twenty five thousand audience ratings and one hundred and three critic reviews. Not to say that there's going to be as many that I don't know. There's going to be as many critics as audience members or anything, but just to just I feel like further again. I, I've mentioned this before. Further as this podcast goes on, I'm just the whole structure of Rotten Tomatoes is something that is going to be fascinating for me, <laughs> and just like where they pull these critic from and like even something that i i just heard about i think yesterday was they only just now threw in a negative review of citizen kane because there was it's not like there was only positive reviews of citizen kane but that is like looked at as like oh it's the best movie ever and i think it had like 100 percent or i think i think it was 100 percent or close to it on rotten tomatoes and they Mm -hmm. found like a negative review that was written in the time that it came out i thought that movie was panned kind of when it came out where people didn't really pay attention to it, at least Hearst, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. uh, um, they put a negative review on there and it brought the score down. And I mm-hmm. thought that was so interesting because it's just like those kind of older movies that we hold up as perfect movies and that are rated extremely high because, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, those are the reviews that we, we remember and we prefer to remember things a certain way. And especially... Um, classics and everything and the one thing that I not <laughs> go back to unspooled and everything but unspooled when they did the whole AFI thing I, that was a big thing that they talked about and I really enjoyed about that that part I'm just trying to ingratiate myself to Amy Nicholson I feel bad about my <laughs> early earlier digression I, I, I do feel bad I don't hate Amy Nicholson I don't um, but I thought it was so so fascinating their discussion of AFI and like that whole thing of just like why are these movies held on such a high accord and who's making those decisions and who are these critics and everything. And, you know, it's not, it's a belabored point that it's majority white, white men that are making these lists and everything and find movies like, like 10 different Vietnam movies, interesting to put on a list like that. Uh, but it may, it, yeah, it just makes you, makes you question things and, you know, like, yeah, I got to look at myself in a mirror and, and wonder why I'm such a spiteful person and about, about movies but um i think the more people have different opinions and the less people accuse them of of being contrarian probably 
and uh, is, is, is for the best. Cause yeah, if, if you have that opinion, whatever, and if you have a, a way to back it up, cool. And if it's your own, great. And if you're not just borrowing it from someone else that, and you're just kind of regurgitating information, then it's going to be a more interesting uh, discussion than just citing one way or the other. And uh, um, I know that we agreed a lot on the Cosmopolis stuff, uh, mm-hmm. but I still think we just had a, a great conversation here today. <laughs> I don't know. It, it helped me clarify the movie and, and doing this, these things as well uh, as just mm-hmm. another statement in, in general has forced me to watch the movie differently, be more attentive, take my little shitty notes and stuff. And um, I appreciate that too. And, and to become a more discerning filmmaker and yeah. uh yeah, I could only aspire to be an Amy Nicholson. So that's that's my piece. I'm sorry oh. for, for any any ill will. I did not mean it, but we all we have, love we all Amy. Have our own. We, we all love Amy. We love Amy. We love Amy. She's great. Please be on our podcast. Yeah. Please just <laughs> please just kick my ass. Um but yeah, yeah Ameri- American Outlaws, baby. Hell yeah. We're gonna do American Outlaws. Um I'm excited about this. Um yeah, like all of the actors in this movie um, have done super weird stuff, right? And this will be good to kind of be on the vein of. Is it going to be another just bad, bad movie or is it going to be a good? It looks pretty movie? like cheesy. Yeah, like early 2000s Western. Act. It just looks like edgy. And even the poster looks like it has that. Yeah, shitty kind of over contrasted sepia tone kind of bullshit mm-hmm. uh, uh but i yeah when did, i remember and this is this may be one of those things that's polarizing where i don't know what the score is for i would assume it's bad but i remember having a great time seeing swat in the movie theaters hell yeah uh, with yeah. my dad and mm-hmm. uh, i mm-hmm. know that's like just just a People think it's a shitty movie, whatever sort of dumb, dumb movie. But I feel like I could still watch that movie and have a good time. Maybe it's nostalgia's sake, whatever. But uh, maybe, yeah, like finding things like that would be fun too. Even it, it, apart from Rotten Tomato score, we can find something that it's just like well regarded, and one of us just fucking hates it, or the opposite, where it's like everyone hates it, but we just love it, or or whatever, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But that I remember Colin. He looks like the Colin Farrell of of SWAT. And Bruges was probably around that time too, but oh wow! And you can click on someone's act, act. You can click on an actor, and it shows the highest rated movie they've been in and the lowest rated movie they've been in. Huh. Mm. This poster for American Outlaws is really funny, dude. I know it looks like they're trying to make it like sexy Calvin Klein ad mm-hmm. or something for a for a western i'm trying to there was kind of like that research i think like uh eh, not really resurgence it kind of was the western was dying at this time i feel like but i, I will look more into it and watch it and and see how we feel it's a it's a tight toy hour and a half <laughs> so if it's if it's not to our liking then then it'll it'll wrap up um but yes Anything, anything else, compadre? Scott Kane, that guy. Partner? Uh, hey, partner. Hey, partner. Um, got anything no. else? No, I don't got anything else. This is this is this will be our our a longer one. 
but it's good. It's good. All right. Well, bye everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, and go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. We don't, hey, you know, this that. does not have to be a regular thing, but that's, that's what it's turning into. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. I love you. Love you. Yeah, we love you. But go fuck yourself. But go fuck yourself.